Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for, God, the testimony of men and women who have um, desired to leverage their lives for the sake of the gospel, for the kingdom. God, I pray today as we spend a few minutes uh, together walking through uh, our vision, God, what it looks like to be where we, God, where we have been, where we are currently, God, Lord, and where we're going as a church, I pray that you would give uh, me the wisdom to unpack it, God, Lord, and I just pray that you would allow us all to collectively uh, be able to say amen together, be able to say so be it together, be able to celebrate around the reality that you are bringing every tribe, every nation, and every tongue together for the glory of your name's sake, God. Not just for us to have bigger buildings, God, Lord, but so that your name might be glorified in not just Tifton, Georgia, but throughout the ends of the earth. God, Lord, let it start in our hearts. Let it be what we are about. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You can do the lights, camera, action. All right. If you're just joining us, if you're just sitting with us this morning, you think, well, why, why did we watch those videos? What's going on? This month, for the next several weeks, we are launching. Today is the launch day for our generosity initiative. Um, we have been in the planning stages and the conversation stages about where do we go from here uh, for about two years, really for the last three to four years. Um, and, and I'll just kind of catch you up. I think vision... Uh, when, it, when it comes to vision, you have to know kind of where you've been to know where you're going. It's kind of like driving a vehicle. Has anybody ever been behind me in traffic when I drive? Um, I got a call the other day from a friend of mine. He said, hey, man, are you texting and driving? I said, no. Why? He said, well, you're, you're a terrible driver. He's like, if you're not texting or something, you just can't drive. I thought, well, I, you're right. My wife tells me that sometimes, too. So, yeah, you're, it's pretty good. But to think about driving a vehicle and getting to where we want to get there's a couple things that you typically would utilize, right? The mirror, right? Anybody ever look in the rearview mirror? You, you see what's behind you, but also you use the windshield to see where you're headed. And today, for a few minutes, that's what I want to do. I want to look behind us and kind of where we've been and then cast vision to where we're going as a faith family. And if you're taking notes, jot this verse down, Philippians 1.3. I think for a minute we need to talk about where we've been. In, in Philippians 1.3, Paul says this, I thank my God in all remembrance of you. I think before we move on with the vision, with the desire of where we are going as a church, we need to understand that the, the church, this church, has spent years and years and years preaching the gospel, loving people, and trying to have a church that is built on love, and also know kind of where we've been as a service and really the need for the next progression of the vision of our church. Does anybody remember the basement days? Was anybody in the basement with us? All right. Yeah. I just want to tell you where we've been. We started this service in the basement about five years ago. And um, we, we didn't really know what we were doing, just to be honest. I don't know that we still know what we're doing, but we didn't really know what we were doing. And, and uh, we were rotating preachers, and it was just it was kind of chaotic. And, and numbers got down to about 60 people in the 1050 service. And it was in December of that year, which I think was December 11, we said, listen, uh, something's got to change. We've got to do something a little different. Either, And I'm kind of southern, so I think the email actually said, we can either just put a bullet in this cow and shake hands and move on and be friends, because I'm a redneck. I don't like shoot stuff, right? So, hey, we're, we're either going to have to do away with this thing, or we need to make some changes and see what God might do. So we made some format changes in the 1050 service, and 
And about three months later, it went from 60 to 100 to 150 to 200 people. Was anybody there at the 200 people mark in the basement when we were all really close family, right? We were all like this and super awesome and awkward. And then we moved out of there into the gym. And the gym was actually turned a different way at that time. And we would sing and preach over here. And, and, and this is what we thought as a church. We really thought this, the leadership. We said, well, man, you know, once we move into the gym, we could fit like 400 people in there. So that'll give us a good three years. And that's what was said. Like, oh, man, we got plenty of time. Well, we moved in. The first Sunday, there was like 217 people. And then the next week, there was like 240 and then 300 and then 350 and then 400. And we started scratching our heads and thinking, we were kind of wrong. So we turned the gym long ways and, you know, we, we turned the setup long ways. We, man, we're going to pack a few more people. And then we went to two services. And now, every Sunday morning at 930, this happens before the 1050 happens. We, we play the same set of songs and we preach the sermon from the same text and about 120 to 150 people show up at 930 just to have space. And physically, that's kind of where we've been. And I just want to say this at the onset of today's message. I want to thank those of you. Like when we look at where we've been, there are those, there are musicians who get here at seven and or seven thirty or eight from time to time. There are musicians who get here early in the morning and they set this stuff up and they they work really hard from seven until nine thirty and they do worship and it's been two services for about a year and a half and and that's kind of where we've been physically. We've been in a basement, we went to the gym, and now we've gone to two services. And, and when I read that verse, I think, my God, in all remembrance of, of you, there's some of you that even made the sacrifice. Some of you in here go to two services, and you serve on the greeter team, and you, you do Sunday school, and you're just plugged in. And, and I want you to hear that. When I look at where we've been, when I look at the incredible story of what God has done, right? Like at every step, we thought, oh, man, if we, if we just do this, we'll get by for a little while. And God has just blown our minds every step of the way. I just want to say thank you. To all of you guys who have been in the trenches, who have been longing to see souls won to the kingdom and the church of God flourish in this town, I just want to say that I literally thank God at every remembrance of you. Every single one of you. Those of you that, 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 that serve, that put out the yellow cards in the back of seats, that serve on the greeter team, that, that in whatever capacity that you serve, if it's an instrument or whatever, the way that you serve. For those of you that just come and sit and you fill a seat and you listen to the word, like I thank God at every remembrance of you. That's where we've been. But we've also been somewhere spiritually together. We have become a place where we grow together. How we together, we, we've become accustomed. It's kind of casual in here. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it's a little different than suit and tie deal. And we've become a place over the last few years, and we've cultivated this environment by the power of the Holy Spirit where wounded people, people who've been wounded by church, by hurt by church, I wish I could tell the stories. I mean, we literally don't have time. To tell story after story after story of, of, I mean, they're from you. Men and women who, I, you know, I was out of church for 18 years. I was out of church for 15 years. I, I was wounded in my last church. I, I wish I could tell you how many times I've heard that line. I, I was hurt by church. And in this room, for whatever reason, God has allowed us to be a place where men and women who are broken and know they're broken can come and week after week, slowly but surely, be put back together by the grace of the Lord. 
It's also been a safe place to cultivate where there are those, there are some even sitting in the room now who don't believe in Jesus. Skeptical of church and skeptical of Jesus. And what I know we've cultivated and what I love about this place is this is a safe place for you to come and to listen and to be loved on until the power of the Holy Spirit grabs your heart and you believe. Because I, the reason I get up here every Sunday is I believe it's going to happen one day. And you'll no longer be a skeptic, but you'll be a son or daughter of God. So that's where we've been and, and, and where we currently are. Galatians 6, 9, jot this verse down if you're taking notes. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Depending on the translation that you read, it may say, do not grow weary in doing good or do not grow weary in doing well. For in due season, you will reap if we do not give up. So physically, where we are right now, we are out of space. There's nowhere to collectively gather our whole faith family together at one time. Every Sunday on this campus, there are over, typically, there are over a thousand people in worship every Sunday morning. We have a 9.30 and 8.30, a 10.50, 11 o'clock, a Hispanic service. They meet actually at 4th Street now. Um, and our Vietnamese ministry. On campus, we have about over a thousand people. And there's just nowhere to put everybody, right? Like even the 9.30 and 10.50, there's nowhere to collectively put everybody. So not only that, and just one more point I want to make before we go on. And this is housekeeping. This, is, this morning is kind of a talking sermon. I want you to hear kind of what's going on. We have a playground. Has anybody seen our playground? And he refused to play on our playground. You can be honest. So our playground is sand, and it's pretty much a litter box with glass in it. I'll just be real with you. That's what we have. And, and um, what we're moving to, I want you to hear this, is where we currently are. We don't have a place. We don't have a place to facilitate comfortable, clean environment for moms and dads to bring their kids. And what we're proposing in the vision as we move forward is that we'll have an indoor playground a place where moms and dads can bring their children and they can invite their friends and, and do Bible study. And there's going to be this kind of this glass barrier. I don't know if you guys know what those things are like, but if you've ever been to like Wendy's or whatever and the kids are playing there and the door shuts and it's like this heavenly sound. Silent, yeah. So, so a place where you can do Bible study and, and, and watch the kids. Like We want to cultivate a place of ministry. But where we're at now, we can't really do that. Our, our playground really doesn't serve that purpose if it starts raining or if it's cold or if it's 7,000 degrees because we live in South Georgia. Can't really do that. But where we are spiritually, not just physically, physically we're kind of in a rough place doing two services, not being able to utilize some of our stuff, needing some upgrades. But spiritually, I really, really love where we are. And if you're taking notes this morning, jot down 2 Corinthians 3.18. Spiritually... And we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So there has been this progression, and I just want you to be honest, from the time maybe that you, you, you started attending the 1050 service or that you've come and been a part of our fellowship and, and, and kind of dove into Bible study and walked through maybe some books of the Bible with us, how many of you feel like you've grown in the Lord? Just throw your hand up. I'll put two hands up because I feel like I've grown, right? I'm like, I'm like, I've grown. We're opening the Bible together week after week, and God is genuinely growing us together as a faith family. He's educating us on the scriptures. For me, that's just good news, right? So where we are physically may not be the best of places, but spiritually I feel like God is cultivating in us a really good place where we're learning together. 
We've become a church of accountability over the last few years. We've shifted into a church of, of repentance. Like we preach that often in here, that God loves repentance and that we want to be a people that are quick to repent, quick to be transparent, right? We don't want to put on the mask. We don't want to build up walls around ourselves. We want to acknowledge the fact that we're all pretty screwed up and we need Jesus to change our lives forever. Like that's the truth of the gospel. And that's the idea that God has ultimately been cultivating in our hearts through the preaching and teaching of the word. And that's where we are. But I want to tell you where we are going. We are, and you guys know this, we're, we're about to build to launch. If you don't, and you're a visitor this morning, just sit back and hang out with us. Maybe after a few weeks you'll kind of like things and, and hang around for a little bit longer. Maybe forever. But we're about to build a new facility. We're launching today as the launch of the Generosity Initiative. And we are calling the church. It is a, a call we felt like, and I, I want you to kind of know the process. When the generosity, the strategic planning committee at our church, the team, when they got together and they said, God, how do we accommodate all the things that I just talked about? You know, the playground, that we're out of space, we're having to do two services, volunteers are, are working double, which most of them gladly and joyfully do, but like, how do we serve our volunteers well and not burn them out? How do we serve these guys back here well and not burn them out? How do we facilitate what we do and get everybody back together? Everybody came to the table, and I want you to hear this. They came to the table and said, we are not building a building. I actually told Mike Bland, who is the chairman of that committee, I said, if you start to build a building, you can consider that my resignation letter because I... Don't think that's a good use of the money. And all the while, God was sitting back thinking, TJ, you are so dumb, and you're going to have to eat some crow. Because every single one of the team members also started out in the same place. We're not going to build a building. We're, we're not going to, almost all, I think maybe but one, we're not going to build a building. We're not going to spend our resources on that. God does not have that for us. We're not going to do it. And then one of the committee members one night, every one of them spent, it was literally over six months, they prayed, they fasted, they didn't make any decisions, they just prayed, they fasted, they spent time together, they prayed, they'd show up at a meeting and they're like, we can't move forward, we just got to pray, this was prayed over for months and months and months and every single one of them came to the table and said, I really feel like God's calling our church to build a building. And even after I heard those things, I was kind of like, mm, I don't really know, can't we send that money somewhere more useful? God, isn't that kind of what you're about? And, and this lady said this from the committee, and it blew my mind and, and kind of changed my heart. I want you to see my progression. She said, I reuse, recycle, and repurpose. And I was sitting in my prayer time telling God, God, we are not going to build a building because you do not want to spend your money that way. She said, I felt like the Lord spoke and really dealt with my heart. And this phrase just came to mind. Who are you to tell me what to do with my money? And she sat back in the meeting, she, she said, who am I to tell God what to do with his money? And so the generosity initiative, or, or the strategic planning committee made the recommendation to the church that we should build a building. The building is going to be located right out here. It is going to have an indoor playground facility for kids. It's going to have a, a library, a place where you can access your Sunday school material and, 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 and get it. It's going to have a, a kitchen and a place to eat, to fellowship. Currently, we eat and fellowship in here on Wednesday nights, and all this is set up and torn down, and everything's rearranged multiple times during the week. It's going to have a worship space that'll seat 1,700 people. If we gather 1,400 people, 
and if we gathered together the 9.30 and 10.50 and all you guys were here as you typically are, your average, it would be half full the first Sunday in there already. So as we move into that direction, that's where we're going. The generosity initiative, we kick this off because next week we're talking about partnership, what it means to really partner as a church family, like Mike talked about on the video. What's it really mean to partner together to do something for the glory of God? And then we're going to talk about sacrifice and commitment. And, and, and you're going to get these pace setter guides. You're getting them today. When At the end of the service, you're going to get these pace setter guides that are going to talk about the financial responsibility and the commitment of the church members here. So if you're not a member, you, you don't have to receive that. You don't have to give a thing. If you're not a member and you want to become a member, we'd love that. If you want to give, Listen, if you're not a member and you're sitting on a couple million and you're just thinking, man, I just want to do something for God. Hey, I know somewhere. I know what you could do. But you guys, I want you to know just my heart. It's, it's difficult for me to have these conversations because money is one of my least favorite things to talk about from the pulpit. You guys know me. If you come at all, if you visit frequently or you listen to the podcast online, like, you know, it, I mean, we don't even pass a plate in here. I'm like, let's put some baskets at the back. You know, I, I get in trouble for that kind of stuff all the time. But we're at a place to where we are about to go in a new direction, and it is a really big vision. And what we're asking for from the church is for 100% participation. And what that means is if you say, if you go to your prayer closet and you say, man, I, I can give a dollar a week, we want you to give a dollar a week. We want 100% participation. You say, TJ, I can't really afford it. Listen, just don't drink a soda for the next three years. Miss one soda a week and say, you know what, I'll give $250 a week to the campaign. If you believe in the vision here, I'm asking you to pray about it. I'm not asking you to, to write a check today. That's on October 23rd. Go ahead and mark your calendar. <laughs> I will be asking you to write a check that day. But I want you to pray about it. I want you to commit it to prayer. Because I genuinely believe that God wants us and desires us to continue to do incredible ministry in Tifton, Georgia. What has happened over the past five years, you can't read about it in a book. A Southern Baptist church having a, a senior pastor and a preaching pastor operating in the same building together where the senior pastor allows the church to flourish and support and stand behind and the younger guy somehow by the grace of God isn't an idiot and get all prideful and, and argue that there's just peace and unity. Like this, what God's doing doesn't happen. It's amazing. And we're hoping through the power of the gospel and through partnership together as a faith family that we begin to give sacrificially, and we build a building that can facilitate worship for everybody at one time. We also want to use the building as a place where we can ask our community, come in and use it. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this because all that, those details haven't been ironed out, but it doesn't matter. That's what we're going to do. We're going to ask our community to come in and be a part of it. Hey, how do you want to use the building? How can we serve our community? We don't want it to be about us. We want it to be about our community, right? Ultimately, we want to see God continue to do what he's done on a grand scale. Last thing, where are we going? John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, ultimately we desire for our church to grow and grow and grow by the grace of God and through the love of the saints, you guys loving on your friends and your neighbors and your community and bringing them in 
And that's where we're headed. And through the generosity initiative, my desire is that we are all a part of that together to see God do something that we can't explain apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for you this morning. And then you're go- we're going to have some, uh, some pace setter guides handed out if you would like one. I just want you to take one um, after I pray. So let's pray this morning together. God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the reality, God, that even in the middle of, of building stuff and moving in a new direction, a new vision, God, Lord, that you, by your grace and by your gospel, remind us that we're all here because you love us and that you want us. And God, I know this is a different sermon than typical God. It's a different setting than typical God. But we really believe that you're calling us to do something incredible and huge for your glory and your gospel and your namesake. God, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.